Kreusau, welcome to Recovery Now Radio, which is brought to you in conjunction with Adveriad Recovery and Living Room Cardiff. Adveriad Recovery is a registered charity offering specialist support to those with co-occurring substance misuse and mental health conditions. Living Room Cardiff provides ongoing support and aftercare as a community-based recovery centre that has an all-addictions approach, including gambling, alcohol, drugs, both prescribed and illicit, sex, eating disorders, gaming, etc., or any other harmful behaviour. We welcome anyone who needs confidential support in taking those first important steps towards change and recovery. Family members and friends are also catered for. For further details, please see the Adveriad Recovery website, www.adveriad.org.uk and www.livingroom-cardiff.com. Diochen Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to Recovery Now Radio, brought to you by the Living Room and at Veriad. Let's recover together. Well, welcome everybody. You're listening to Recovery Now Radio, brought to you from the living room in Adveriad. Let's recover together. I'm Julie, your presenter, and today's guest is Richard. Hello, Richard. How are you? Hi, Julie. I'm pretty good, thanks. Great. Well, thanks for coming in. And um, I just thought I'd ask you, um, Richard, if you could just explain a little bit. I know about your alcoholism, but perhaps you'd just like to briefly tell us a little bit about the other challenges that you've been having to deal with. Yeah, the sort of other addiction that's been more of a recent issue uh, has been anorexia it had sort of been an issue when I was younger but it reared its head again maybe about two or three-ish years ago that's sort of been something I've been uh, I, I, I well I don't really want to say that I've beaten it but it's something that I feel I've made you know strong steps towards pushing to the sidelines somewhat yeah. uh, you know my my relationship with food is and my and my image of myself is a lot better so I think I'm making some good progress towards feeling better in myself brilliant brilliant well thank you for telling us about that so um, we'll listen to your first track now so you've chosen Colossus by Idols why that particular song I think when I first heard it, it really resonated with me. It it sort of um, almost felt like a few snapshots of my past, you know, and the way I felt about myself and situations. It sort of crystallized all that frustration and anger. But then 
you know, towards the end of the song, it just explodes in this cathartic sort of release of when you finally conquer those feelings. So it was just, it was kind of like, it just encapsulated like the lower points and the highest points for me. Brilliant. So I just thought it was a good track to include. <laughs> Brilliant.
So that was the Idols and Colossus. Uh, you're listening to Recovering Now Radio, brought to you by Adveriad and the Living Rooms. Uh, let's recover together. Wow, Richard, that was a, a good track to start off with there. It was a very powerful and, and very almost painful song to listen to. It was full of physical pain, that that, that track, I think. Yeah, because I think uh, the singer, uh, Joe Talbot, he, he's dealt with uh, some addiction himself. Oh. And I, I think it was, you know, highlighting his struggle through you know his own pain and the last bit of the song which uh, which uh, we didn't get to hear because it's, it's quite a long song highlights his coming out of that or beginning to recover you know which is uh, it's a great feeling you know if, especially mm. if you've been there yourself you can really sort of relate mm. to what, what he's saying so richard um we'll sort of start by if you tell us a little bit about perhaps growing up in porth call and what it was like for you uh wet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spent pretty much most of my time in the sea. Lots of sunburn. Got my hands chewed up by crabs and whatnot. You know, a lot of delving around in rock pools. And it was also, to a degree, uh, there was a lot of boredom in a sense, being a, like a little seaside town. So we often had to make our own fun, which had us, you know, sort of thinking outside the box a bit. So that, that was quite good. You know, we'd often sort of make the best of what we had around us, do a lot of camping. So there was, uh, there was a lot of good times. And some of the best people I've, I know, I've ever known have come from there, <laughs> mm-hmm. my best friends. So quite an out- outdoor type of growing up, yeah? Yeah, I think the only indoor places to hang out really was like the high tides or um, Treco Bay. But, you know, unless you've got a fair bit of money, you can't really do much in there because mm-hmm. it was like, you know, a pound to go on like a lot of mm. the uh, a lot of the games and stuff. Mm. Either that, or you'd have to raid like a penny jar and play on those. I don't know what they're called. You know, the little shelf that sort of yeah. dips in and out, and you put the pennies in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So some happy memories. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, there was a lot a lot of bad stuff happened when I was there as well. But I always try and find the silver linings. You know, instead of looking back at the the darker bits that happened what was school like I I didn't really go if I'm honest I I only I did primary school but I only did about two years in comprehensive school I think my first year there was a bit of a blur and the last year I did in comprehensive school was also a blur but for a different reason (laughs) do you want to tell us why yeah, I was I started drinking quite young. Mm. I, I so you sort of combine that with the medication I was taking, mm. along with anxiety and, and stuff as well. It was quite a manic time, but uh, I did meet a lot of good people in that time, despite the way I was feeling myself. But I, I went on to college after that. Then, which again, first time round, was even more of a blur than. <laughs> than uh, school mm. was initially. Mm. So just, just to go back a little bit, so you, you just mentioned about me- medication. Um, was, was that for mental health reasons or? Yes, yes. Mm. Uh, I had a complete psychological breakdown when I was, mm. how old was I? 12? Yeah, I, I lost, I, I went down to about five and a half stone. Couldn't walk for a while because I'd lost so much weight. I was eventually in hospital, hospitalized then. I can't remember how long I was in for. I think I was in for about a month. 
maybe two months. So then it came out there and it took took about two two years, maybe three years to start recovering properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, I started putting on weight again. But a lot of that, a lot of those calories were from alcohol, funnily mm-hmm. enough, as I started, <laughs> mm-hmm. as I started sort of uh, get, you know, initially they were, they were from those, those sort of uh, mm-hmm. mad milkshakes that are like yeah. 3,000 calories. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. 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 All right. Well, we'll, we'll just stop there, um, Richard, if that's okay, and play your next track. Yeah, so, no um, so you've chosen um, Heather by, uh, uh, sorry, is that yes, right? Yeah. Nice. So why, why that track? It just reminds me of, um, you know, those, I'm going to sound like a cliched sort of uh, nostalgic person now, but like, you know, those sort of summer days where everything's sort of hazy and just lovely and you've got no worries in your mind. You just sort of drift along as you're walking through. And this just reminds me of those days. Mm. We need days like that, don't we? Yes, we do.
So that was Heather by Sorry. You're living, listening to Recovery Now Radio, brought to you by The Living Room and Adveriad. Let's recover together. Richard, that was a lovely, mellow song there. Really nice. Enjoyed that. Gosh, I mean, at such a young age, uh, adolescent, you know, dealing with all the things that you're having to deal with. You mentioned earlier on alcoholism started to creep in. Do you, do you want to tell us sort of, perhaps if you can remember, like the first experience or how it happened? I'd sort of always thought about, I, I'd always thought about like drinking because my dad was an alcoholic. And so I was always sort of around that sort of culture in a sense, uh, you know, because I'd, a lot of the dads, you know, when we were young, they'd hang out with the pubs and stuff. So we'd be around them and they'd all be getting legless. So it became like almost like a sort of, uh, a place we had we expected ourselves to reach ourselves well you know that's what you do when you grow up sort of thing but I never liked the idea of it I never liked the taste of it either because you know as a kid you might sneak a little sip of a pint or whatever and it you know disgusting but the thing is when I got older then and you started when I say older like you know early teens and you think you know why do people drink and then you think well, you know I'll give it a go oh that's why they drink you know it, it puts you out your mind you don't think about anything so it became like an easy out for the way I was feeling uh you know because I it, the medication didn't really work too much for me so it was just easy easier to sink into that instead mm. and and that that feeling of running away from our feelings not 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 wanting to feel anything that, did you find that was part of it Oh yeah, that's spot on. You know, it's it's scary to touch on those. You know, especially if you don't understand them, you feel that no one else would either. So you don't feel like you could even vocalize them to, to anyone, or you're made to feel that vocalizing them would make you weak or less of a person, which isn't true at all. But you're you're made to feel that, so it's easier to try and just pave over them with as many you know, drinks as you can fit in you or anything else that can make you forget. But, um, but you know, obviously then that just compounds the issue, <laughs> makes it 100% worse. And and did, did you find you were having any support at all during those times? Yeah, when it became like, because a lot, there was a big drinking culture anyway when I was younger. A lot of people my age were drinking. Uh, so it, it didn't really get seen as a huge issue. It, it just it just seen as like a bit of like teenage rebellion, whatever. But I think after a while it was started, it was apparent then that there was an issue because it was, you know, I was drinking like every day, um, you know, and there was sometimes even now people didn't realize I was drinking. I was, I would hide it quite well, um, but I was given support when it came to a head, I, I, I initially went to Wakada in Bridgend when I was, I think it was, I was thinking I was 17, just about to turn 18, around about that time. It's uh, hard to remember, but even though I was going there, I don't think I was serious about recovering, mm. you know, because I was still drinking in the meantime you just kind of go there I, initially I just went to make pe other people happy to the illusion of recovery you know mm. um so I I did learn a lot while I was there 
but it just took a few years for me to actually put what I'd learned into practice really you know it's because like it's, it's all well and good other people telling you you ha- you know why you should stop drinking but you have to come to that decision yourself really absolutely well we'll stop there and play your next track now I think so um you've chosen Lose by the Stooges yes uh, why why this track it's just like a raw shot of energy you know like you know if, if it's some days I'm feeling a bit like can't be bothered you know I put this on well the album itself Funhouse by the Stooges and it just gets me up and gets me going <laughs> great
So that was the Stooges and Luz. You're listening to Recovery Now Radio, brought to you by Adveriad and the Living Rooms. Uh, we're talking to Richard today. I'm Julie, your presenter. So, Richard, very difficult time for you dealing with the, that dual kind of illness of of alcoholism and mental health. So, so how did things progress for you at that stage? I mean, it was all sort of downhill for a while. It was it was strange. It was such a juxtaposition because I was going to like college and stuff like that, but mm. and I was working, but I wasn't really at either place. If you know, if you get what I'm saying, I was completely out of my head most of the time, and somehow managed to scrape by to some degree until I I wasn't, you know, I couldn't anymore and you know for a while it kind of stayed like that I was in and out of hospital sort of you know through self-harm or various other sort of destructive behaviors but then I guess it all came to a point uh, when I decided then I had to make a change you know Uh, Mm -hmm. I had to stop I had to stop drinking Uh, I think it's when I looked in the mirror one day and I was um, my room was all smashed up Uh, I was yellow and I was just like, uh, it just, you know, you just get hit by, you get that epiphany. You're like, you sort of find yourself at a crossroads, you know, and you're thinking, right, well, carry on or you try to do something about it. So I thought, right, yeah, let's, let's try and let's try and fix this. And that, and that went well for a while. You know, I ended up going back to college uh, when they let me back in finally. <laughs> then I got to uni, but at uni then I relapsed and I ended up coming back to Cardiff then which is then where I started recovering again but then fell into the old trap of anorexia Uh, so I sort of went started going downhill again after that yeah so this this pattern isn't it you know that that pattern that we take ourselves on (laughs) you know like recovery and then then relapse and 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 then all the 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 sort of behaviors in between are all the same aren't they you know it's always like, it's like, you know, when you're going to a scale or something, uh, you know, it's like up and down, up, down, up, mm. down, down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but then when you've seen that pattern so many times, you start to recognize it and you're thinking, yeah, you, you, you could find out could trigger those, that decline from recovery. Uh, sometimes it's quite simple. I like, I put it down to some, what, one point in habit. Just like that's what I'm, I'm used to doing. I'm used to recovering. And then when I recover, uh, you've got to go back down again. But it's like, no, you don't have to go back down again. You can, you know, if you, if you get a good system in place, you can just keep moving forward. Mm. So <laughs> with lots of help from people as well. You know, I've had so much help. Yes. So, so um, was, was it like a rock bottom then that, that made you think? I've got to do something now. Yeah, the, there was a few of those, but I think the the one, you know, the most recent one was most, it has been, has been the most successful sort of um, recovery. And that was, you know, when I think, you know, I, I'd lost, how, how, I can't remember what the lowest weight was this time. Something like six stone, I think it was. And that was about two years ago. You know, my heart rate was quite low. Everyone around me was just like, you know, you just kind of notice everyone around you sort of suffering a bit as well. And again, there's that little voice in the back of your head and it's sort of saying, you know, alongside all the ones telling you you're not worth much, there's one telling you you're worth something. 
And if you manage to actually hear that one out a little bit, it helps you to reach out. And I've been, I'm so grateful that there was hands there to pick me up, you know, because I sort of threw it out there that I didn't needed help and there was people there, you know, uh, and across various, it wasn't just one, you know, funnily enough, like it wasn't like the traditional sort of medical system that helped me as much. It was organizations like the living room. There was uh, Buzzin as well as this beekeeping organization that helped me out a lot various other volunteering positions and that really sort of helped me realize my self-worth and you know finding sort of a way to focus on more than just myself because I guess addiction is quite a selfish thing it's very inward looking and you know being able to look out and find value in other people that really helped in sort of improving my perspective of the world and of myself Mm. and all these things help you know, rebuild your own self-esteem as well, don't they? Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, greatly. Yeah. Because you start, you get feedback from the world and, you know, you shouldn't have to rely on everybody's opinion to make you feel better, but it does help, you know, when you've got people around you who, you know, who you like and who like you, that does really help in making you feel good about yourself. There's this, this, a sense of com- camaraderie. Mm. <laughs> you know? Connect, connection with others, isn't it? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Okay, Richard, we'll play your next track now. So you've chosen If It Makes You Happy by Screaming Females. Well, it, it, it kind of makes me think, you know, it, you know, some days, again, we, we can feel a bit down. And then it's like we've got all these things around us that make us happy and they're there. So why are we feeling upset? You know, we've got so much around us to feel, you know, grateful and happy about. We should just think about those things. (laughs) Absolutely.
So you're listening to Recovery Now Radio, brought to you from the living rooms in Adveriad. Let's recover together. So that was the screaming females and if it makes you happy. So Richard, so you're just sort of starting now on the road to recovery. You've got a lot a lot of addictions and, and your mental health as well. So I was just wondering whether to ask, how, how did you go about the recovery? Was, was the one thing that you felt you had to tackle first or was it like a conglomerate? kind of job <laughs> uh I I didn't know what I had to tackle I had I had absolutely no idea how to go about it so my way of thinking was I I for better or worse I removed everything from my life like everything I could think of whether it was good or bad I cut it all out and then I started reintroducing things back into my life and you know I started identifying them identifying things were good which things weren't, which things I needed more help with. And by doing that, managed to sort of, you know, sort of organizations which could help me realize some of these things and where, what I needed to work on. So alongside doing a lot of sort of, you know, self-building programs, I sort of started to really take a long, hard look of what I wanted from life as well and what to sort of focus on and in a way it was being difficult because you have to you have to let go of a lot of things that you know do mean a lot but you have to think about you know what could happen if you don't let them go you know to, to sort of let go of to hold on to one thing you've got to let go of another and that's sort of the that's sort of the attitude I took uh, you know it's sort of working out what's more important life you know and I'm hoping to repair some of the uh, rifts I might have created with that way of thinking. But if not, then it was an essential sort of thing I had to do. Uh, And I do feel a lot better at the end for completing it. um, I'm still like working on a couple of things. But, you know, um, at the moment, this is probably the best place I've been in my life, you know, in terms of my mental health and overall health in general (laughs) well you obviously put an awful lot of work in into your recovery and and you know I I think we have to put ourselves first yeah because we won't well we won't be good to anyone else you know if we're if we're broken ourselves we're not going to be able to anyone Mm. So, so you talked about some of the organisations that that help you. Was was there, um, you know, any sort of point where you you felt that maybe one one particular area needed more work than another? And how did it go? Do you think I was always a bit rubbish socialising without, you know, alcohol or any other st- any other sort of uh, intoxicant like. But um, I thought that maybe I needed to sort of learn how to socialise again, <laughs> you know, mm. and how to actually do do it without being out of my mind so mm. you know getting getting sort of hands-on in a lot of community projects that really helped mm. and it was you know in a place where other people was were struggling with different different issues themselves so there was that empathy we shared in helping each other mm. but they, it was always constructive we never ended up sort of wallowing sort of misery or anything like that even though we all had our own problems we all sort of pulled together and just you know made something built something great you know uh 
And it is about enjoying your life again, isn't it? You know, and 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 that aspect of socialising is is just so so important, isn't it? You know, it is because it takes you out of your own head. You know, it takes you out of that darkened room of hands, and then it puts you into a whole different light. When you actually end up talking about your issues with other people, it makes them seem so, you know, so much smaller because they get blown out of proportion in our own heads, don't they? <laughs> Yeah. So your next track, Richard, was um, You Said Something by PJ Harvey. Why Why did you choose that one? Just makes me sort of appreciate the world around me a bit more because she's so mindful about, you know, her plate, the space and time she's in and appreciating all the little things around her, like the cells and images of the city. So it really makes me sort of just appreciate all those little things in life and just to feel, you know, happy about existing in a place. Being in the now. Yes, exactly, exactly. Watching the lights flash in Manhattan. I see five bridges, the Empire State Building. And you said something that I've never forgotten. against railings describing the colors and the smells of our homelands acting like lovers how did we get here to this point That was You Said Something by PJ Harvey. You're listening to Recovery Now Radio, brought to you by The Living Room and Ed Veriad. Let's recover together. Richard, so really starting afresh almost in your recovery and, and with yourself, like you say, you had to give 
give up a lot of people and places and things I expect to to start to move on so so how did how did your journey progress then what what what, what actually started to happen for you uh, I started to identify a lot of um a lot of strengths and weaknesses you know as mentioned and sort of uh, what I needed to work on and I think through connecting with people I sort of managed to find some sort of direction in life. Uh, I started volunteering, sort of maybe a bit too much actually. I was sort of running myself ragged for a sort of a time, you know, sort of desperately searching for something and, you know, not really feeling able to say no as well. That was a bit of an issue. So I ended up doing all sorts. In a way, it managed to help out a lot because, you know, um, some of them, some of the volunteering positions I stuck with, and they were so beneficial, like um, New Link, which is now Platform, the buzzing program that was absolutely phenomenal. I did a bit of volunteering at the library uh, as well. And through doing those things, especially New Link, I, I sort of came into contact with the CCHA, who put me in contact with the School of Hard Knocks program. Have you heard of them? I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I did that program sort of uh, which made a bad idea in a, in a sense because I was I was still suffering with anorexia at the time and I was playing rugby so <laughs> I was pretty I was a pretty good winger but that was amazing because through that they sort of got me a position uh, a skill-based program like learning program in the museum and that's gone on now from being a, a temporary volunteer thing to actually being a full-time job oh amazing so tell us a little bit about your job do a bit of a little bit of everything really but mainly uh my role is to uh just ensure the sort of uh, safety and security of the museum and the people in it it's mainly shift-based work so a lot of really early mornings and lots of very late nights yeah it's, it's been an absolutely amazing experience thus far met so many amazing people and I've learned so much as well oh that's great that's really good yeah so talking about sort of like your anorexia I mean obviously you have to live with that every single day so how how do you deal with that I found like I found a diet that works for me because I did identify that there was a lot of foods that you know, when I, in, a, in a strange way, the anorexia can help me because there was a lot of food I was eating that wasn't doing me much good. The one in my life, I did actually, I went the other way. I was quite heavy at one point, but there was a lot of food that really wasn't agreeing with me. Mm-hmm. But you just get into the habit of eating certain things. So now by sort of cutting things out and then when I started reintroducing things, I was getting stomach aches and feeling not I wasn't feeling well so I was like oh maybe I should leave that out of my diet because it's not making me feel great so now I've managed to just sort of identify all the foods that make me feel good and I've sort of found out a really good diet to eat and I and I stick to that uh, along with some exercise as well but not over the top you know and I try and look at I try and look at the positive sides of what you know de- suffering with anorexia sort of sort of brought about because if I hadn't gone through that I wouldn't have addressed other issues mm-hmm. so in a sense as painful and distressing as it was and can sometimes still be 
there was more benefits to come out of it than negatives well you've you know you've you've obviously put in so much work Richard I mean I'm I'm just amazed really you've you've really you know done what recovery is all about you've you've really put the work in and it and it really does sound like you are gaining the benefits now as well so that's just incredible so but look we'll listen to your listen to your next track now so you've chosen levitate me by the pixies so tell us about this one it's just a really sort of buoyant sort of song you know like the actual theme itself of being levitated and the uh and the sort of uh way it's uh you know put across as well it's just uh gets you sort of gets you going i think (laughs) (laughs) great So that was The Pixies and Levitate Me. Um, you're listening to Recovery Now Radio, brought to you from the living room in Adveriad. Let's recover together. So Richard, I have to say, all your music has had a real energy to it. I mean, I've, I've felt through every song, there's been this vibe coming from it. And, um, <laughs> you know, you, you come over as somebody who has bags of energy, to be honest, you know, um, and looking at some of the things that you said that you've got interest in now please tell us tell us some of the things that you you sort of your hobbies and pastimes that you're into mainly i i like to sort of uh, funnel all that those all that bags of energy into art you know when I, whenever i can uh i, I do a lot of drawing uh, mostly digitally at the moment but that's been great to get in back in touch with that because i've always been quite artistic I, I did lot. I did lose it for a while, but I started when I started on my road to recovery. I started investing in myself. You know, I, I identified what I was good at, 
and not only that but that i enjoyed it so i thought you know that's something that should be nurtured so i made an express sort of effort to sort of put as much work into that hobby as possible and it's been amazing because i've started putting my work out there on instagram and stuff and you know i've not got a massive following but i've met like-minded people and we've been putting together zines which are sort of like i guess you could say sort of amateur magazines you know sort of cobbled together from various contents you know traditionally they were done in quite like a punky way with rough cut paper and photocopied images so we've been trying to sort of keep that spirit and it's been great to actually speak with people like from all over the world who have like different artistic like perspectives and ways of looking at things and I feel like it's really expanded my worldview and the way I think about things and alongside that you know I've started thinking about actually exploring the world for once Uh, I know it's hard at the moment with Covid and stuff but I've uh, started learning Japanese because I've always wanted to go to uh, to Japan. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, it looks the the most interesting country to go and visit. That that would be amazing, isn't it? And and isn't it, you know, through recovery, all these things have, have opened up, your world's opened up. You know, you're talking about travel, you're talking about being creative. It's just so good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, and it feels good to get in get back in contact with that because I think you know we all have that sort of desire and passion in us somewhere it doesn't have you know whatever it is could be cooking could be carpentry anything but it's just you know feeling worth it you know and knowing that you're worth it and actually investing in yourself and I think we can all do it and it's all waiting there for us, you know. Oh, that's a brilliant message. Thank you. Yeah, so true as well. Well, we're sort of really at the penultimate track now. So we'll play that and then we'll talk just a little bit more. And, and then that will be the end of the show, sadly. But uh, so your, your um, penultimate track is Doesn't, Doesn't Remind Me by Audio Slave. So why that track? It's, it has so many meanings to me. It reminds me a lot of growing up because it's something, it's a song that me and a lot of my best friends used to listen to and we shared a lot of happy times with that song. Alongside that, it just reminds me of sometimes it's nice to do things that maybe don't have a point, you know, maybe things that seem pointless and just to to let your mind wander and be interested in things that aren't so heavy or anything, you know, just take an interest in the world around you and just the weird little things that happen. And also, it's just such a passionate song. (laughs) Let's give it a listen.
guitars Cause it doesn't remind me of anything I like playing in the sand What's mine is ours If it doesn't remind me of So that was Doesn't Remind Me by Audio Slave. Uh, you're listening to Recovery Now Radio, brought to you by The Living Room and Adveriad. Let's recover together. So, Richard, yeah, we are sort of coming to the end now of, of our interview. I normally ask now what, what people have, have got from recovery, but we, we've kind of already covered a lot of that. And you sound like you've, you've got an awful lot from recovery. But if you were going to sort of talk to somebody who maybe is, you know, just setting out on, on that road, to recovery thinking about it what what advice perhaps would you give them to be patient with yourself and to be kind with yourself and just to take your time really uh, because it can be you can feel like you have to rush into it or want instant results you know whether it's for yourself or someone else but you know I'd say just take your time and don't shy away from situations that feel uncomfortable you know uh, if you know, as long as they're in a constructive setting, you know, like, because a lot of the, my recovery was, it put me in situations where I wasn't comfortable, but that was just, hi- it just highlighted in my mind things that I was having issues with. So it was just being persistent and stubborn in a way <laughs> and just sort of, you know, going slowly through those motions. And then at the end of it, I felt a lot stronger, but I had to be sort of kind and patient and persistent with a lot of those situations. So, you know, what, whether it's addressing some old demons or, you know, maybe going into a social situation or workplace situation that feels a little uncomfortable, I'd say just, you know, bite the bullet and do it because it's, it can never be as bad as the addiction that, you're you're either suffering from or have suffered from you know if you've managed to come through that and battle with that you can you can pretty much take on the world I think you know <laughs> well you've been a you know a real inspiration uh, you know such a young man that that that's gone through so much at, from such a really young age you know and and to to be where you now are where you are now you know is it's just mind-blowing really you know you should be really oh, proud you. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and talking about sort of um you know if you're having a really down day like a really awful day what what would be your sort of first turn to I have to do this I'd sort of first I have a stern word with myself you know in a in a, in a kind way say you know look now you know <laughs> you've got you've got all these things around you to be grateful for so what let's have a look what's bothering you is it really that bad you know, and and it, and if it if it is, well, let's just write it down, and then write out some potential solutions. And you know, on that day, I might be kind, a bit kind to myself, and say, look, you know, just don't try and be productive today. Just try and rest. You know, and think of a few relaxing things to do, and just do those. It's good to be conscious as 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 well about what is going on inside your head, because it's easy to fall into that trap of negative thinking, like that old pattern of feeling down about yourself and, you know, almost slating yourself. But I think once you recognize that, you can sort of just kind of say, look, you know, let's, let's just take yourself out of that situation. Sometimes removing yourself from, like, if you're in your room or in your house, just going outside for a walk, 
for five minutes that mm-hmm. can even help sometimes so I think it's just being mindful and and self-care isn't it you know yeah self, self-love yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that... we, you know there's so much around that wants to put us down we you know we of all people should be the ones to give ourselves love <laughs> absolutely yeah you're so right there well it's been so lovely to talk to you it really has and uh, I haven't met you before but I, I look forward to meeting you at the living room I'm sure we'll we'll you know be there soon and um, your music again was was just great I, I didn't know a lot of the music but it, it was it was really yeah energizing is is how I put it so thank, thank you and I'm sure our listeners will have uh, got a lot out of it as well so thank you well, thank very you so much, much Richard yeah lovely so I've got some thank yous and goodbyes I think to say I'd just like to say thank you to all you listeners to supporting us keep please please keep supporting us on all the media Facebook Twitter what else do we do with everything really please subscribe to cloud what is it mixed cloud and all that kind of stuff so <laughs> please keep doing on that it's really important we're trying to put out this message of hope to to all our listeners um and you know that we we can do this together and that that's that's what this is all about so thank you so much for joining us and and keep keep joining us keep coming back there'll be more interviews coming along and thank you so much to Adveriad and the living rooms for allowing us to put the show together uh, it means means an awful lot to us we're very passionate about this project so thank you for doing that uh, to Greg to keeping us all on our toes and keeping it all together for us thank you Greg and I think that's about it really thank you everybody and uh, have a great day and we've got one more track to listen to which was probably about the only one that I knew on your list Richard, <laughs> which is it's oh so quiet by Bjork why why this one love this uh, I just think it's about it's a song about being passionate I think and just being exuberant and you know just being free and I think she epitomizes that attitude of just being free and expressing yourself so I think it's probably we should all be a little bit more like Bjork in some sense. <laughs> Lovely. Thanks a lot. Thank you. It's oh so still.
this guy's coach and I got hit. There's no mistake. This is it! Till it's 